Hi, welcome to the fifth episode of the BCP cast. When we've talked about some of the more spectacular incidents that we've seen, the kinds of incidents that can spell the end of a business, something kept cropping up. Often a supplier was the source of the issue, and it's pretty frightening to think a separate business could bring about the end of your own. So does supply chain management get enough attention? If not, why? And how can we get better at it? Paul Curvin has seen the potential fallout firsthand when a key supplier fails to deliver. Uh, I can tell you one actual incident took place about 22, 23 years ago when I was working in the IT department of a major hospital in New York City. I was responsible for telecommunications. One of the things I had gone after was to build a separate local access network so that the hospital wasn't dependent on one organization to provide the telephone service. And uh, I was able to make the business case to hospital management that we needed to have a separate and distinct access arrangement so that people could make and receive calls on an alternate path that did not overlap with the path that was already provided by the local telephone company. And again, this is before the internet really took off and became a a major, major force in things. This is back in the days when there were still, you know, copper wires used and fiber optic equipment, things along those lines. But the internet was still in the very early stages because this was like so it would have been like 1995, 96. So um, we got the redundant, alternately routed network in place, tested it, made sure it worked okay, did the configuring on the, on the telephone system to make sure that we could switch from one to the other without any real delays. And interestingly enough, soon after we had this, the system up and running, there was a major outage from the local telephone company they had some major fiber optic service that served the hospital fail. And those lines that carried a lot of important calls, both incoming and outgoing for the hospital, all of a sudden were inoperative. The clue is in the name, business continuity. We help businesses continue through disruption. But it can be easy to forget that this does not just cover commercial bodies. This is an example of where a failed supply chain could have had far more serious consequences than just loss of revenue or a damaged reputation. As soon as we found out that there was something going on, we right away switched over to the alternate network. And the good news is that the switchover worked just fine and there was no lapse in any service. So people in the hospital who were making calls didn't notice anything different. And we had no subsequent problems with incoming calls either. So, you know, the network that we had put in to back up the hospital actually worked when it had to. And the hospital uh, and operations didn't miss a beat. So that's a story of of where something that I was directly involved in actually worked and actually prevented a major catastrophic event. It might be tempting to label supply chain management as one of the newer challenges facing business continuity people. But Paul's experience shows this is a challenge as old as the profession itself. There are unquestionably new problems and curveballs being thrown as technology continues to develop exponentially. Cyber attacks are one of the first things to come to mind. We've all seen huge global enterprises eat humble pie on the news after falling victim to the latest ransomware attack. 
Because this is a known vulnerability, cybercriminals have developed an aptitude for specifically targeting and infiltrating business supply chains. Jessica Barker is a cybersecurity consultant and has seen businesses fall victim to cyber attacks specifically because their supply chain was not protected. Yeah, I would say that supply chain management doesn't get the attention it should and it has done because organisations are so busy trying to secure their own enterprise that they can forget to focus or they don't have the capacity, they don't have the resources, they don't have the influence in terms of their supply chain. So it's something obviously we've been aware of for a while and um, we've seen some massive attacks, the um, cyber attack on Target, the retail chain in America, that was was carried out via the heating ventilation um, company. Their network was compromised and then the attack is pivoted in to target from there. So we've known about that for a huge example, massive impact on them as a company. And we see other supply chain attacks, of course, but actually the practicalities of managing that in organizations sometimes get overlooked. So what do those practicalities look like? Tonya York thinks it's not as simple as it maybe used to be. One of the great things technology has done is make the world smaller, but that also brings new problems. I think it's getting more attention. I think it's getting more and more complex. The global economy that we have, and despite how anybody might not want to have that, I don't know how we go back from that, but given a global economy, the management of the supply chain is really critical. You know, there's the social corporate responsibility piece of it, which is a whole different story. But um, not very many companies really make their own product from end to end, right? So you're depending on these suppliers and how you manage them. And I think I was in a couple sessions at um, BCI World on supply chain, and it was really clear that everybody's having the same challenges and struggles. But from my viewpoint, because I've spent a number of my years in my career focused on IT continuity, IT service continuity, I think from an IT perspective, it's really not been addressed, right? Especially as we're going to cloud providers, data backup providers, um, you know, you can go get a cloud, the cloud might be in your garage, right? I don't know. So I think we're, we will see an increased focus as we continue in companies to only focus on our core competencies and bringing in other uh, partners to deliver what we're not good at. It seems strange. Businesses are becoming more and more dependent on their suppliers, often on a global scale. You'd think, given the leaps we've made in communications and business practice, that strong supply chain management would be simply another box to tick off. But Thomas Kroll believes this just isn't the case. It's given them a bit of attention when you attend conferences and events and you see reports about supply chain resilience. But I don't think there has been a fundamental coming together of procurement departments and business continuity profession, which is one aspect of it because typically, in my experience, procurement gets involved at the uh, initiation, the inception of a contract. And there's lots of uh, nuanced risks involved in how the contract is written and agreed upon and the performance metrics. Now, business continuity typically does get embedded within contracts, but most clauses I see are not exhaustive enough to actually protect the relationship should a real incident occur. 
and there might be conflicts within the contract itself. So typically you'll see force majeure clauses within a contract that will sit relatively early on. Talking about these acts of God events, these big, big events that supposedly nobody could foresee. It seems supply chain management sometimes gets paid lip service. It's all very well planning for a black swan event, but what about the dangers close to home? Not having a joined-up approach between key parties is leaving holes that can be exposed and exploited. What we're here in business continuity saying there's actually a lot you can foresee and you should be able to manage. And I see so many conf- contracts that have conflicts between the, the two of them. And if uh, an incident occurs and you get into legal dispute, that can be damaging for both parties. So early inception relationship between BCM and procurement is vital, but then typically in most organisations when a contract is signed, procurement steps away until it's due for renewal. And not enough organisations have a strong relationship management, supply relationship management function that's monitoring both the performance, they might be monitoring the financials, but not monitoring the performance and the relationships and the changing risk environment. So again, business continuity do, as a profession could do better at being engaged uh, with that function of organisation to make sure that the risks that uh, it's exposed to are uh, what it actually knows about them. I asked everyone whether they could see things getting better. Thomas believes the will is there, but even if it isn't, the world's going to keep changing fast. Eventually, businesses are going to have to give supply chain management serious attention. There's a lot of organisations still trying to get their own house in order. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little difficult to say how can we go, how can we go check on uh, these third-party organisations when we know we have our own risks internally. This is going to be an enduring uh, resource uh, question mark there and an issue. I think it has to change though. I think as the world becomes more and more complex, as we have more natural disaster type disruptions and more geopolitical events that disrupt supply chains that will have more and more trickle down impacts that we're just not used to seeing and so it will have to have to change there's a saying that you can't see the picture when you're in the frame as business continuity specialists we're used to finding mitigating and preventing risks to organizations Yet the supply chain does not get the same level of scrutiny, despite it being a crucial organ in the support of a company. Paul has a slightly rosier outlook, saying the BCI and educational bodies are doing more to promote supply chain management. Within the business continuity space, it actually has gotten pretty good attention, specifically by the Business Continuity Institute. I'm not so much aware of any other organizations like the BCI that have actually done that, I know that at the university level, uh, there are a number of universities in England as well as in the U.S. that have instituted classes and actual degree programs in uh, supply chain management. I don't know how much of that also includes using business continuity and disaster recovery techniques to protect the supply chain, but I know I've written on the subject a number of times. I've spoken on it at conferences. And uh, I also know that the uh, Business Continuity Institute has published a number of papers and uh, I think training seminars on the subject. So it's actually gotten a good deal of attention. 
particularly if something happens to disrupt the supply chain because one of the things that I've learned in, in terms of doing some work in this area is that uh, supply chains can be very long they, they can have many many different directions they go and a disruption or a break in any of those pathways could have a cascading effect on other aspects of the supply chain so that if you're going to do a supply chain analysis it really behooves you to really dig deep and find all the different directions that the supply chain leads both upstream and downstream and I think that's where a lot of people probably don't do enough work in, in terms of really getting to understand the depth of their supply chains. Tonya agrees that change needs to happen. She predicts a broader, risk-based approach that encompasses the entire business, rather than attempting to thread single departments together. Well, I think that they'll be will be more integrated with our colleagues in risk management in supply chain, in logistics, in internal audit um, that will focus more on a risk-based approach. So, for example, normally you want to be writing plans for every department in the organization. Even the ones that are not critical, you'd still write a plan for them and they'd be up in a month or whatever their recovery time objective is. And I don't believe that we're going to have the kind of bandwidth to do that. So if you follow a risk-based approach where there's an enterprise risk analysis done and you know where the critical departments are and you know where the risks are at, then, then that's where you're going to focus, right? So if you're going to drop the ball, you're going to drop the ball on the business units that aren't, you know, that don't pose as much risk to your organization's operations. Thanks for listening to the BCP cast. Make sure you tune into the last episode in three weeks' time. We'll be talking about what it takes to succeed in business continuity, as told by industry experts who have all come up the hard way. There are some real pearls of wisdom to pick up, so keep an ear out. And as always, follow us at the BCP cast on Twitter, or share us with a friend or colleague who will find us useful.